This episode of Intergalactic Interviews is brought to you in part by Over the Moon Games. Purchase the Fall, available now on PC, Mac, Linux, and Wii U. Blending the best elements of sci-fi creativity, The Fall is being called one of the best games you must play of 2014. Purchase The Fall now on Steam or HumbleBundle.com. Psst, some of us worked on it. Order The Fall today. Buy it now. Punch ladle, I'll fathom the bow. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the hey. How am I supposed to fucking? I don't know. You're coming in with this, how ladies am I and gentlemen. To work with that? Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing out there? You having a good time? You having a good day? How's your week going? You having a good time? Anyway, listen. Enough of that. We're here with a very, very special episode of Intergalactic Interviews today. I, of course, am your host, MD of the Boomsday Alliance. Some people call me Jamie. Uh, some people call my guest G-Tone. Closer people know his name's Guy. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother, bass player for Spree Killers and the Strugglers. Give it up. G-Tone Bass. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. How you doing, Killer? You having a good day? Huh? Yes, I'm having a good day. Yeah? Yes. Yeah? Well, you're so tame all of a sudden. Five seconds ago, you're all sea shanties, and now you're all, you know, just in- sitting back. Shitting back? That's what I fucking hate. Sometimes I'll get you going off the air and you'll be like, Hey, fucking damn, the Bam G Tone. And then I'll get you on here and you're just like, Hey, Pantera is my favorite band and I like them. And I'm just like, that's, that's good. That's so not me. That's so not you? Okay, well, then tell me something that's you. Uh, I'm sober. You're completely sober? Well, I have a snag over this. Completes here. sobers. I brought some uh, comps sobs. Some of uh, Lynchburg's finest. Oh. Why don't you pull out the smallest bottle of Jack you can find? Why don't you pull out, pull out the smallest bottle no. of almost empty... All right. Well, here, while you, while you crack that, I'm yeah, going to ask, ask you a question here, okay? All right, all right. So, uh, recently you had a, a run-in that's left you injured. Uh, you were doing some really, like, heroic shit, if I may say so. And uh, you've kind of... I don't Hardly. Know, you've been, been painting... Well, I know you won't say that because you're a humble person. But uh, basically... You uh, you stuck up for someone stuck you stuck how stuck. Canadians that stuck. you uh, you stuck up for someone that uh, well, was uh, defenseless and uh, well why don't you tell what happened so what happened you were at the whose show was at the smalls uh, the smalls at the Commodore so uh, Friday best venue night. in the city right downtown a couple weeks ago uh, I I left before the end of the show because I was I wasn't really that entertained like the show was just kind of whatever. Uh, I don't know the smalls that well, so the songs don't didn't really uh, I don't know they didn't really get me going or anything. So I went down to the street and I was talking to some police officers down there who were uh, hassling two guys in wheelchairs. Were they just regular patrol, like the Granville oh, Entertainment? Yeah, regular district? Granville patrol with the green checkered uh, vest. <laughs> that don't strike us were police vests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. They were, and then they, were, they were like harassing them for like a gram and a half of uh, marijuana that was sitting in a bag on one of their laps, and they were Wait, passing. You a said joint in or, a wheelchair, two guys in wheelchairs, and the cops were smoking, harassing them, smoking a joint, and yeah, the cops walked up, pulled the joint out of the one guy's hand, and then he took the bag that had like a 
maybe a gram and a half of shake in it off the guy's lap and he shoved it all in his pocket and he proceeded to start giving these guys a hard time yeah so i piped up i was like are you serious you're gonna you're gonna give these two guys in wheelchairs a hard time and you're just gonna pocket their their medication and yeah like that's the end of it like what could you imagine a cop walked up and just took like like an an elderly lady's like vicodin or something like that or whatever and he's just like shouldn't add this in public gertrude what are you thinking? <laughs> anyway, yeah. And they were like, well, yeah, they were smoking it in public, which is still illegal. And uh, uh, like I guess a- he he tried asking them for their medical licenses, and th- neither one had them. But, like, come on. Okay. Come on. I mean, not all cops are pricks, but yeah. that was a prick move, for sure. Okay. Yeah. It was it was something that they, they could have uh, walked away from. Mm. You know? Considering 10, 15 minutes later... I'm walking to the SkyTrain station by myself, and I see across the street at the Burger King, this guy's hitting a girl. Oh, so this is what happened. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's, they're inside the Burger King. This guy hits the girl, and this, I'd say, an 18-year-old dude uh, who worked at Burger King was trying to kick the guy out of the Burger King. And so he, you walk up, and this guy's, like, randomly I was still assaulting across the road. I, I, I stood there for maybe 20 seconds watching what was going on. And then instant kicks in, and you're like, this isn't Yeah, right. the kid had gotten him to the doorway, but the kid, uh, the guy had uh, had the door propped open with his foot, and he was trying to kick the kid, and he was trying to throw punches at the kid, and the kid wow. was just trying to get the door closed. Well, yeah, and everyone's just yeah. standing around watching. For minimum wage, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. So, Jesus. so I run over there and I get between them and he tries to take a swing at me. So I take a swing at him, hit him in the head, broke my hand, but I dropped him and we dropped wrestled him. around. I hurt my knee. I okay, hurt my shoulder. So, so hold on. So, mm. uh, before you went over there, what were you thinking? Like, what you said you saw about 20 I was thinking, seconds. well, that's not right. Okay. And then, and then you're like, well, that's not right. This, this young kid didn't come to Burger King tonight to, uh, to fight drunken idiots on Granville. Right. Not then, to mention he's he's doing a, a, a perfectly good deed by getting the guy away from this this girl that he had just hit. He's striking a yeah a, a, an arm per, like regardless. Yeah. So or gen- really, I was just yeah. I was just joining joining forces <laughs> with a kid that had already already had the 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 idea the right idea. Right? Taking up arms in the Burger King army. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. So you're going over, and then uh, so I I run over there. I come up behind them. I get in between them. Did the you guy, say anything first? No. So you just walked up. So just you, walked up and got between them. As okay. soon as I got between them, he he tried to strike out at me, just like he was striking out at the at the kid. Was he belligerently drunk? You could tell, or was he like just angry? Uh, he was fired right the fuck up. Okay. Yeah. At the moment, I didn't know he was drunk, but okay. uh, uh, short, shortly afterwards, was he, he was cussing you out. I, what kind of cussing? No, like? no, no words. Just swinging. So you literally yeah. just like so got just, up between them, and then all of a sudden he's yeah. like, "You're the new target." Yeah. And he starts throwing exactly. bombs at you. Exactly. Okay. And you, and then he missed, and you crack him. Boom! Hit, hit him in in the uh, behind the ear. Oh. On the on the skull, and I broke my thumb. W- broke your thumb broke on his my skull. Thumb on the back of his head. Someone out there right now is like, "That's improper technique, Cheeto." Improper technique. <laughs> well, I, I didn't square off with the guy to uh, <laughs> yeah. to fight. I was just trying to. Nor were you. I was like, just trying yeah, to be like, a buffer zone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Some guys are like. Oh, so it's we're not wrestling very around on the uh, on the ground. I'm on top of him. He's he's on the ground. Uh, another guy comes running up bes- beside us, and he punches me in the ear. So this is a third party that you, you didn't see. Fourth party, fifth fourth party. party. Now, now right? this guy like, was with the original attacker. No, no, he was just a dude on the sidewalk. So he's and his dude. his thought was this is what he said to us. He runs up and he punches me in the ear while I'm dealing with this guy on the ground. And I stand up and I look at him and I'm like, 
what what the fuck what are, you are you doing? doing? Yeah. And he's like, I'm here to make sure it's a fair fight. So you punch I'm me like, with what? someone else? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't think you know what you're doing. Like, yeah. this guy hit a girl, and he's fucking trying to fight with this Burger King guy. But, what a so while, ass. While I'm talking to this idiot. guy, the, the first idiot gets up, okay. and he circles, yeah, yeah. he circles around the crowd. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, Dick Funk was there. My, my very good friend, Dick Funk, was there. The guy hit me in the ear, and Dick saw it. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So, yeah. first attacker gets up after you've been Hold struck on. No, by be, the... before the attacker gets up, I, we're going back to when I get punched in the ear. Okay, so it cracks Boom. in I the ear. I get punched in the ear. As, as I'm you. standing up, Dick is standing maybe five feet to my right, and he fucking holds his skateboard up, and he's like, I will fucking smash you in your fucking head if you don't fuck off. <laughs> on my side trying yeah. to get this new to guy. random attacker. Yeah. Guy. Okay, but wait, yeah. let me just pull this back. So, uh, uh, Dick, right? Uh, yeah. So, Dick, was he at the show with you or just happened to be in the area? Uh, he just happened right? to be in the area. I, I had no idea he was there, and I'm, I'm really glad he was because I was fucking completely alone. He's a skater, right? He's a skateboard, skater, yeah. So, he, w- he was just uh, bombing through I the don't area. even know if he was at the Smalls that night or what. Uh, I guess he, he probably saw me run across the the street crazy and so then he just happens to see hey that looks like g-tone this other guy jumps in and dick has my back immediately but as we're dealing with this new guy the original guy gets up and he circles around the crowd and he fucking grabs the guy who just punched me in the in the ear to save his ass next thing you know they're wrestling around on the ground like two fucking idiots wait a minute so now the guy who saved him the guy who punched you in the ear yeah is now attacking is now, the no, original he, he asshole. got attacked oh, no, by the guy attacked. he just saved. Yeah, smart. Yeah. See, this is so, this is how exactly <laughs> wrong things can go. This like, is this is. Oh my yeah. god, that's so stupid. See, you should have been given like a wide berth of hey, let don't, it be dealt with. What are the fucking? Like, let it I don't, be dealt like, with. Here's the thing, okay? Like for for the appearance you give off, okay, especially late at night. I am under like this third party guy. What was the fuck was he thinking? Like if he's just like sees you and he's like, he's vulnerable. I've never been able to hit anyone this strong before. And he right. just like well, came yeah. up behind you. I, I think idiot. what he thought was when he saw me run in, he pictured it as a two on one for this one guy. But he did. He did. He wasn't there for the original. Uh, the original. Uh, scuffle. So, like, now what about this broad the whole time? Is she like she, she was? She I didn't see her she... after after she got hit the first time. I I think her friends had her in the Burger King. Uh, oh, okay. So it wasn't like the prerequisite. Like, stop no, it! No, no, there was stop! no girls, no girls around doing anything like that. Uh, <laughs> How come they always yell stop? Stop! You let him go! Stop! You got. I didn't hear any of that. What was his name? Did she say his name ever? No, no, no. So some random dude out there is telling the opposite version of this story, and yeah. he's just like. Yeah, I don't know. I was having a fucking fight with uh, Stacy or something like that, and or whatever her name is. Uh, let's make up a new name, Jezebel, probably. Uh, <laughs> Clay Clay or whatever. Fucking uh, so Shaklay Clay and whatever. I was just five. I was having a fight with her, and then uh, I was getting out of hand. But fuck the guy in the Burger King. He was hitting on her or whatever the fuck the story was. And uh, yeah, I have no idea. It's so all I, speculation. So I got mad, and then this yeah. guy just comes over to me and stands between me and Shaklekle. So I tried to hit him, and he just fucking passed me. Luckily, this guy came out of the crowd and like hit him in the ear. And then uh, this guy, the skateboarder, came over and he was like, "I'll fucking smash you, whatever." So I got up, and then fuck this other guy who tried to save me. He's trying to kind of give me an eye, so I fought him. So you know, Vancouver, what? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that, fucking real truth. That's a hundred percent Vancouver attitude right there. As uh, as they started wrestling around on the ground, the fucking cops 
paddy wagon came around the corner. Oh, Jesus. Rolled up while these while these two heroes were fighting each other, right? So Dick and I just wandered off like nothing <laughs> like nothing happened. Now, did uh, uh, did the girl, did, did she reach out to you? Did she say, uh, no. thank you for no, the, sparing me from kid, a life of domestic abuse? The kid that worked at the Burger King fucking came through the crowd and pointed me out and said, thank you very much for fucking for jumping wow. in. Good yeah. man. And I was like, yeah, I knew. I knew he fucking needed help. <laughs> We're, okay, so wait. What happened to you, though, overall? What happened? Did you, did you get... Uh, your thumb looks nasty as fuck. What happened? You, you broke it? That Parkle. knuckle doesn't even bend anymore. I know. See that? So what... Okay, so... I got I got no uh, no knuckle there anymore. That's kind of dumb. But it's it's healing up. It's it's going to stop hurting pretty soon. You know, it... And I broke a bone on this side of my hand. People people bring up questions like they always say things like why can't we all just get along? Why can't uh, why can't people solve their differences with stuff like that? And it's just like, you know what? Most people can absolutely. But what do you do when you're dealing with someone like this guy who's a, who's attacking a, a, a defenseless female and a, a, an employee of a, of a restaurant? Like, what do you what do you do? Like at you that can't, point, there's only one thing you can do. You got to subdue them and yeah. just hope for the best and wait for someone else to take them away of a of a higher power. But at the same time. Like I mean, what what is the argument there? Like, were you supposed to go over and say, uh, "Leave immediately, or I'll fucking smash you"? Because then that, then you're uttering threats. Otherwise, you're just responding in the way you feel is necessary. I don't know. I found it. I found it a weird situation. A weird situation. But Vancouver's rife with this. What the fuck is with this city? People getting like uh, sucker punched and and uh, jumped like crazy. Mm-hmm. Even people that kind of deserve it, like Milan Lucic. Everyone's like, how dare you talk about Milan Lucic like that? Well, let me just be fucking clear with you. Not just because I'm a Habs fan, but he's kind of a douchebag a little bit. And he got jawed this past summer or whenever the fuck that happened. You know, it's just kind of a weird situation. What What were you thinking, like, uh, afterwards? Because you, you had to go get health coverage, right? Yeah, I had to visit the doctor the next day because my hand wasn't working and uh, my knee was fucked up and my shoulder was fucked up. And... Kind of vital when you're a live performer. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, probably yeah. probably not my my best decision ever, but uh No, I, I disagree. I think I'm I'm sure there's people listening right now that are like, "Are you kidding?" Absolutely. And plus that that matches your personality that you would uh you'd stand up for what's right rather than stand idly by. And uh I think there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, I I would, I could, I should. Oh, I'd do that. I'd do if I saw that, I'd do that." Like a lot of people that take that stance. But it's like, "Really?" Cuz I don't know. This is like, cause I've. This is. I don't even know how many times I've seen you do this. You've. You often help out people that are, kind of in a, a bad spot. You just go over and just lend, uh, lend some, uh, some strength to the situation. It's definitely happened lots. I fucking. I've been trying not to fucking. I know. That's. What, that's what makes this even more funny. Yeah. So. So other than that, uh, let's uh, let, let's kind of move off that for a sec. Let's talk about something else here. Uh. So usually when I introduce you on this show and like uh, in conversation, I usually have to name like a myriad of, of band names and uh, uh, certain things have happened uh, recently that, that made you kind of back away from Shockload. Uh, you decided to focus your efforts on the strugglers and uh, spree killers. Uh, what, what happened there uh, with Shockload? You guys got off tour uh, was it just time to move on? What happened? What, what was the situation? It was kind of a long time coming. Okay. Uh, I mean, so I, you and Ryan played together how long? Like Ryan and I started playing together in like 92 or 93. Right. So Ryan ruined in, in a power trip, right? Yeah. 
So you guys are in Power Trip for a long time. And yeah. then uh, out west, you guys formed Shockload. I moved here just over four years ago. Right. And uh, started Shockload with Ryan uh, three and a half years ago, almost four years ago. In February, it'll be four years. Mm. And I just got to the point where uh, I felt like my my ideas were not being represented. Oh, okay. So it was more of like uh, a creative outlet was being kind of maybe not met. I was I was level. starting to feel more like a supporting supporting player than a, than a writing than writing member. Well, yeah, right from the get go. Okay, but I mean, you have quite a quite a bit of uh, I'd say tenure with with uh, working with Ryan. To, to know like how that dynamic was so it was just kind of a change so after you started playing with other groups you were like mm, maybe I could have more to offer than what I'm being currently utilized in is that, is that yeah, what it came I to? Yeah I definitely prefer to uh, to belong to groups that uh, uh, allow me some creative uh, input Right As far as riffs Is that what it's like with Spree Killers? Yeah Spree Killers is every, everyone contributes. There's this five piece, right? So yeah, riffs are usually uh, they they're they're uh, they come together while we're all jamming. It's not like someone brings someone brings a rough outline of a song right. and we all make it a song. So it's, it's like, like live like off the floor. The riffs, yeah. The riffs are designed while everyone's in the room and. And uh, I guess beaten into shape Ham- with, <laughs> like, with all of our input to like uh, anviled like like a blacksmith yeah, hammered into uh, into appropriate arrangements. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, but that but that's everyone involved right there. Now contrast that to working with Shockload. You say Ryan would come in with like a song idea or, or lyrics or both. Right. Ryan, Ryan happened? was very much the uh, uh, the Singer, singer, songwriter. He'd come up, come up with the riffs yeah. and have the words, and then we just put drum and bass to it. Right. Okay. So, I mean, for for what it's worth, that was actually like a great situation for for quite some time. Yeah, I yeah. had a great time doing it, and at at this point, it would it would still be uh, fun fun to some extent. Hmm. But maybe not as uh, fun as... Uh, not as fun as having a personal stake in the actual uh, I see. sounds yeah. that we're making. And I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone could fault you for that. It I, was, I don't think anyone could. Like, it was easier than you think to, to say that, uh, that I don't want to be part of it anymore. Because so, none of it was yeah. mine. It's so not it, like I was leaving anything behind. And what, our friendship what, yeah. can be stronger for it because we're not arguing about what... To, uh, to to do and what not to do. Well, about the business of the band. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you guys have known each other again. Like how long, like uh, how long have you guys known each other total? I mean, we're talking like 22 years, 22 years. Yeah. That's a very long relationship period to have, let alone in the music industry, you know? Yeah. So I, I would think um, for, again, for what it's worth, I mean, uh, I loved you guys working together i love shock load you know i have tour merch to back that up i have albums and all types of shit and i, I don't think anyone has any uh, weird things but i i think people just want to know like for sure it wasn't like any weird blood 
or anything like that. It wasn't nothing came up like that, was it? No. Nope. It was just like what you're saying. It was just creatively. You're like, well, I think it's time for me to to take my skills elsewhere and do my own my own thing. Yeah, I yeah. I felt that uh, if I left Shockload and they plugged in another bass player, right. it will still sound like Shockload because the songs are Ryan's. And that's like a pretty overriding feeling. Like yeah, when, yeah. Once you feel, oh like yeah, a, yeah. And, and you know what? And uh, uh, I ran into Ryan the other day, and uh, he said that uh, the new bass player is is actually like working out really well. Abs- and, they they hired great. they hired the guy I told them to hire. <laughs> there you go. Like, and it comes with a, a when consultation. I, when I yeah, absolutely. When I <laughs> when I uh, resigned, Was I it told official, them, like I told them you should. Get Mike Chapman in there for uh, for a uh, audition immediately. Mm-hmm. I think their friendship is uh, is already there, and if he is brought up to speed on the on the actual songs, right, it'll be fucking it'll be awesome. Now there is a third member in Shockload we haven't discussed yet, but uh, your relationship with Jameson, how, how is that working with Jameson? I mean, because we talked about a lot about Ryan only because you you guys have known each other right. much longer and you worked in different projects. Uh, it was Jameson's birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Happy birthday, Jameson. Happy birthday. The pride antagonist. The pride. Love that guy. Yeah, working with Jamo was fun. It just, uh... I, 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 I'm sure people are just like, oh, you're working in this band, you're working in this band, they want to know. That's all it is. I just want to kind of reach out. What's going on? Let's, uh... Let's talk a little bit about, um... Uh, let's see. Face Fest is coming up, which is what I wanted to uh, plug... But there's no way we can do so now, because well, I mean, we can, but you're not uh, you're not playing. I'm doing tambourine solos for both uh, <laughs> the strugglers and spree killers. Oh, that's crazy! They didn't I, even know background they had vocals. It. I'll be doing background vocals and tambourine. Now, what if this situation we're, we're led playing you... the Astoria on Friday and then Face Fest on Saturday, which is at the Wise Hall? Right. Yeah. And. Uh, Face Fest. I should have brought a poster because there's 24 bands playing at Face I Fest know, this I, year. I, you Face know, Fest I 19. Next year is their 20th year doing it. Face Fest. Big shout out to uh, Orchard Pinkish. Uh, Orchard Pinkish and, and uh, Brent at Faceplant Industries. Yeah. Face Fest. You got to give it up for uh, last year I, I saw Face Fest and uh, usually... For those of you guys out there listening, you're like, oh, you see a you see a lineup, especially if it's a large bill. Like, what are we talking here? How many bands? Twenty four bands. Twenty four bands. Usually, you see twenty four bands it, on a bill. You're like, okay, so this is like a weekend thing, like a whole weekend or something like yeah. that. It's so tightly run, guys. I've never seen a show this tightly run. What happens is they they have a a, a large stage uh, cur- with a curtain. And one band is always setting up while the other band is playing, and then they just fold the curtain back and cover the other stage while the next band sets up, and the next and that band just that was fifteen just minute up sets. So we do four four bands an hour yeah. for fucking whatever that works out to. I don't know. Oh, six hours or something. <laughs> I don't know what that answer is. Four times six. I didn't go to Lakewood there. It's four times six, <laughs> twenty-four. Yeah, I, I, uh, I I'm just like so impressed though with with that setup because I think about like. One of the one of the things about live shows that I think can kill momentum is improper setup and improper striking, like takedown for those of you out there. Uh, when you strike a, a stage of gear, uh, sometimes, especially if like drummers need to completely strike all their gear down, and then you have a new set come in. We're talking like uh, at, 
you know, 15, 20 minutes sometimes where it can, everything can get uh, done up and then you have to re-mic everything and then sound check. Like a half hour lull in between, I mean, there could be another band that went up and did another set. We try and backline both both sides so uh, guitars can just come in and plug in with their pedals. There's already amps and heads there. Bass guys can just come in and plug in. Drums, uh, the only guys that really take time to change over are like left-handed drummers like James Brander or something. And he's so good at it that it's it's just yeah, as quick as uh, as as any other guy doing it's it. Rather quick, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's uh, it's a beautiful. So unless thing. you have some big rock star who has to use his drums and <laughs> and no one else's. Uh, uh, fuck, I think he's at the wrong venue. No kidding, no kidding. If it was who's the last rock star you ran into? Uh, I don't even know his name, but Brent kicked him out of Faceplant because <laughs> Brent. <laughs> Brent supplies two, two fully yeah. fully yeah. equipped rooms, and he came in and said, "No, I play my drums or nothing. We're gonna have to move all your stuff out of here and bring bring in my stuff." And Brent was like, and "Brent no. was like, uh, that's not what this studio is." And he still gave him a hard time about it. He was like, "Well, hey, if you want to be an asshole about it, you can just fucking leave." You want to be an asshole? You be treated as such. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I could imagine. You know, sometimes I, I get tired of dealing with rappers like a lot, like. A lot. Uh, I'm in a blessed place right now where, like, everyone I'm dealing with is pretty rad. But uh, I've definitely dealt with some fucking idiots before, like, some straight-up idiots. But, you know, I write down their names, and then I write down the problem I had with them, and then I review it, like, every two weeks. And I'm like, I'll never make that mistake again. (laughs) Just, like, write down issues. There's this guy. Actually, I don't even know if I've ever told this story on the show. There was this dude who... uh, uh, came to this now this is like two studios ago this is when partnered was independent and uh, I didn't uh, I, I wasn't signed with amp or anything and uh, this guy uh, he he just like reached out through the internet and uh, he emailed me I think was the first thing he did he emailed me and then he got my phone number and he was like 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 one of these guys like yo dog I'm looking for some beats man gotta get those beats man some shit like that and I was like uh, okay and so I and I approached things like well that's a fantastic proposal perhaps you and I could sit down and discuss the integrity of your project or some shit like that I don't know so I'm trying to handle like a professional and this guy is like yo doggy I just be straight up be lacing them beats with some killer shit and I'm just like really really you do that and then he starts texting me the way he talks and that's where I was just like what the fuck am I doing so anyway at this point, I was like, okay, we, you know, it, uh, you got to be discerning with who you work with, but at the same time, sometimes the this guys... This is me, yo. This is the real me. Yo, how dare you even pretend to put that light up to me like like I'm not capable? I came out the womb talking like this, bro, <laughs> like dog. I'm, yo, Saskatoon. I'm like, all right, slow it down. All right, it's a fucking... So anyway, what happened was, uh, uh, again, you have to be discerning with who you work with, obviously. You can't just work with any fucking Tom Dick there. You gotta, you gotta have uh, a certain quality to your discography, I think, if you want to build yourself to another tier. And uh, so I was learning at that time that, you know, sometimes the really eccentric people like this are actually the kind of people that can be, like, rather good. Like, they can be really creative because they just, they, they're lacking something in their social fabric that they're not capable of understanding that talking like that or acting in that manner is, like, not acceptable like on any any level so i was still trying to discern whether or not he was one of those guys or whether he was just some fucking jack off and what happened was uh uh he gave me this song and dance about like 
yo, let's just record, right? And then like, I'll get right back to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, I was like, so get right back to you. You're, you're obviously discussing, uh, you want me to, uh, uh, what front you the, the record right now and not, not take money for the, the services. And he's like, well, I, you know, I got a couple things going on. I got, I, I got to pay for a hat and some shoes. I'm like, yeah, you have your priorities straight. You dumb cunt. Anyway. So, uh, so I ended up like recording this guy, and uh, uh, this dude, he, uh, uh, he's he's just okay. After after I run him through some bars and some coaching, he he was like, okay, this is like listenable, but uh, the production was driving most of the song, if if, if I could say so. And uh, anyway, this dude, he like ends up completely ghosting. Okay, now it's smart, and I don't I don't hand out mixes or anything like that if like nothing's paid or whatever like that you got to handle your business don't just hand out mixes to people and expect to be paid on uh i promise you because no one fucking no you can't believe anybody everyone's a fucking liar in the industry and everyone has something else come up like when i, I just use some bullshit excuses there about like but dog i have to buy a hat i have to blah, blah, blah. it's like you have 200 dollars shoes on and like a 50 dollar hat and like whatever else your outfit costs and you can't front me money for your career that's supposed to be your passion like you're not going to invest in yourself like that 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 shit bugs me like crazy so i always hold mixes and whatever like that and this guy just completely ghosted like just ghosted i i don't even know if he's alive anymore i don't even know if he's what he's doing if he walked up on someone like yo doggy give me some of that crack i just want to ride out a little bit of crack some shit like that. I don't know if he's I doing I swear, it. I'll give right back to you. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. I'll give right back. I'm sure you'll get right back. You are a crack addict. You will be right back. I'll get right you. crack. Yeah, I'll get I'll right back. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, so, I don't know, it's kind of a weird situation, but you kind of just got to write down names and then write down problems. That's what I've been doing lately. I just, I, I'm like, okay, this guy was a, this dude was a problem, and here's how I'm not going to ever do this again. And starting to make plans. Uh... I guess if people are listening to the show right now and they're like, what the fuck is this? I thought this was supposed to be intergalactic interviews. Where's all the questions? We've been handling some questions. And uh, my brother's been on the show a few times now. And, you know, this is episode 60, ladies and gentlemen. Episodes, we're in the deep waters of episode 60. And so I thought, uh, yeah, it's not even deep at all. It's like up to my ankles. It's like not even that deep. But uh, episode 60, I figured, you know, G-Town's been on so often that maybe we would just... Uh, Kind of catch up a little bit, just do some uh, some of this and that, and just uh, chat about some things. Now, for instance, I was uh, I was wondering about maybe taking myself up to Burnaby Mountain because there's all these protests going on right now at Kinder uh, with Kinder Morgan, Kinder is that what it is? Yeah, the pipeline thing. Yeah. Uh, so for people that don't know, in Canada, there's this pipeline being built down to the to the United States, but it's being run through Burnaby Mountain, which is like a gorgeous gorgeous eco center uh just absolutely amazing and uh, this pipeline's going through there and uh, there's been protests like crazy the supreme court of british columbia is involved with injunctions it's just getting wild i saw some footage the other day i think you posted it did you post that the I footage of the uh, you shared it yeah the uh the elder lady i'm i'm, I'm assuming here i don't know she was an older looking lady mm-hmm. who got shoved down by the police and like basically sucked up into a quicksand of Officers, did you see that silly shit? Uh, silly one, of the, one of the professors from the from the university got arrested. A, two 12 year old kids got arrested. Twelve year old David Suzuki went up there and fucking spoke on Kinder Morgan's behalf. 
Oh, really? Asking the protesters to to let it let it happen. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Go I've, look that I, up. I haven't, I haven't heard this. Go hold look on, that wait. up. So David Suzuki spoke on behalf of Kinder Morgan? Uh, I don't know if it was directly on behalf of Kinder Morgan, but he went up and spoke to the protesters saying how uh, how it was a good thing for this pipeline to go through. Really? Yeah. Wow. Now, that is completely a 180 of who uh, who I would think he is. Yeah, would I you look that up? Would you look up Kinder... Oh, you got to turn off your phone? Oh, look at this. Okay. Yeah, we're going to look this up right now. I would think that would be really weird for him to take that position. He's rather pro-Earth. Now, maybe he did that as an independent in the interest of keeping the peace. Do you think maybe that was more of a more of a statement? I don't I, know. I honestly don't know. I don't know. That's a powerful statement that you say you don't know. Because most people would just, well, I think. <laughs> they just like throw their own opinion into it. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? Because I, I heard there is a spill today with this Kinder Morgan place. I saw a headline like that today too, but I didn't There's read a, about it. Yeah. Uh, I think you should have another drink since you're contributing so I, much at this point. I think those. Uh, <laughs> I think those that have all the money are going to do whatever they want. Whatever, like you're referring to what? Uh, those that have all the money, like corporations. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Well, the people that make up the corporations. Before we make this into like a, a corporation circle jerk, where it's like, yeah, they have all the money. What can we do? The question I always like to think of is like, what can we do? What can we actually do? What is the actual steps we can take? Like, what would you do if given? Uh, the the voice of the nation right now. You suddenly are capable of uh, directing the brightest minds of our country. What would you, G Tone, do right now to steer the situation to, to get us away from the rocks, to get us to get our boat sailing back into the ocean? What would you do? I don't know. <laughs> and that's the worst part. Is like, I what think, can we do? I think everything is so far gone that. Uh, I just don't know. So we're just like what? We're living out the end days. Okay. So hold on. Let me look at this article here. Hold on. Pass me that. One second. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it says here, uh, at least a dozen protesters, including an 11-year-old girl, were taken into custody on Sunday. Uh, dozens of people have been arrested. David Suzuki delivers a fiery speech on Burnaby Mountain. Two Kinder Morgan protesters. Wow. So he actually was. Suzuki admonished the RCMP officers who he accused of dragging his own grandson over the police line before the arrest. It says here, You are here to enforce the law. That does not mean you are above the law, said Suzuki. Uh, Suzuki thanked the crowd of protesters for their fight against the pipeline. If we, look, if we continue to look at the world and the land around is just in terms of dollars and cents, we are going to destroy the very things that make the land so precious to us, the very things that keep us alive and healthy. Well, that's a very smart man, right? Seems so like I was wrong. He, uh... Uh... <laughs> I'm glad we looked that up, because it sounded like... He was like, you know what? Let's take the fucking payday. Kinder Morgan. Let's go with the winning team. Let's go here. And he just uh, went into it. That's what I was thinking. No reaction? I stand corrected. You stand corrected? Wait, are you embarrassed? You don't have to be embarrassed. No, I'm not embarrassed. Oh. What do you... The fact that I went off a headline fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't embarrass me at all. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. I mean, we got a we got a crack team here just debunking. Someone say crack. No, not you. You fucking 
you, you dumbass. Uh, Suzuki was up there anyway. He was up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just pulling the facts from that line. Well, I have it under good authority. He was up there. Well, you know, it's kind of thing. Uh, let me ask you something. Uh, what was the uh, what was the last good film you saw? You're always watching crazy documentaries. Every time uh, uh, you you house sit our, our condo and we give you access to the Netflix, there's always like the craziest fucking documentaries you pull down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Down the rabbit hole of Netflix documentaries. Okay, so what was the last good one you saw of your own accord? How dare you? How dare you? No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. I really like... Take these and go upstairs. Uh, real, I really like Foo Fighters' uh, Sonic Highway series. Oh, the Sonic Highways. We were talking about that the Have other day. Have you been yeah. watching it at all? Uh, that, oh, just one sec here. This, uh, this key here is a little door inside. This is the big street door right there. Okay, go ahead. Um, Have I been watching the Sonic Highway one? I watched the... Uh, 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 I want to say it was New Orleans, but it was almost not in New Orleans. It was like just outside New Orleans. Do you know what I'm talking about? The desert. Uh, that wait, wait. Uh, You're about who the do they talk one? to? Who do they talk to in that one? Uh, Caius and uh, Caius. There Jesus you go. Stone Age and all that. <laughs> talk to that one. was Casa de la Luna, outside Casa. of L.A. Casa de la Luna, where Caius fucking did their albums and which uh, is a uh, House uh, of the Moon, I believe, yeah. Espanol. Really cool ranch out in the, out in the desert. Uh, it's independent, right? Just uh, it was independent. The guy who owned it had AIDS, and he, uh, when he died, he just left it to the artists. So there's a guy, there's a guy who lives there and takes care of the ranch, mm-hmm. and still runs to this day. Foo Fighters were just there; they just recorded uh, a song for their Sonic Highways uh, television series, HBO television oh, yeah. series, right? It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. People They've aired are, six episodes. The last one was New Orleans, and they actually went and uh, set up in what was it called, Preservation Hall, mm-hmm. which is one of the oldest uh, jazz recital rooms in fucking like in the world. It's where who would have played there? It, like it's, just it's where fucking jazz was born. Was born. Like Jazz to, is the the is fully American. Yeah. Right? this is where this is where it it came together. I liked hearing uh, Dave Grohl talk about how environments can can affect music because often when you hear that you automatically think you're like, well, yeah, impoverished areas probably are predominantly or more urban based music, etc., or whatever, or suburbs or more uh, whatever rock and whatever the kind of thing, but. What he was referring to is something I never considered before. He was like, well, the humidity in Louisiana is so intense at times that there are slight detunings of instruments, like especially pianos, horns, whatever, whatever you can think of, where it's like strings, instruments especially, uh, where it just slightly detunes everything. So you kind of get this like wonky uh, quarter step, half step down uh, tuning. And, but everyone thinks they're playing standard tuning because, well, they're still tuning to, like, standards, essentially. But, like, the environment changes the sound. And that's why you say, oh, you know, there's nothing like there's nothing like the blues or, or jazz in, in New Orleans on, like, Ninth Ave or the French Quarter, that kind of thing. And you hear about that and you go, okay, well, how, why is that? Is it just because people are giving it them, to them historically? Is it, like, a past accolade? No. No. It's several things. Uh... A lot of the players are like fourth generation New Orleans musicians. Mm. 
fourth generation? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's people don't like realize that's that's how deep it is. Yeah. That's really deep. How many generations in Canada do you think there are just total? Let's just go sideways for a second here. How many generations are in Canada total? Canada's been around for what? 200 and 200 years now? 200 and Dogies for maybe five generations. 1865 was that when Confederation was? Four or five generations. Four or five? Yeah. How long is a generation? Uh, generation is what? Uh, <laughs> like 30, just, 30 years? 20, 25 years or something? 25. It's about 25, right? I love how I'm just peppering you with these questions. Like, if I, I wonder how far down the rabbit hole I could take a trivia as. Be like, uh, let's see here. Um, a generation is 25 years. Uh, what also is known as 25 years, Chita? What else? Can a quarter of a century? That's right. How long is uh, three centuries? 300 years? 300. That's right. That's absolutely right. You're doing great, by the way. <laughs> is there any money involved? Uh, we could play for the rest of the jack. Oh, you finished the jack? Oh, finished it. Did you finish the jack? Finished it. Why don't you take a uh, slog of that? It's gone, bro. Is it? Oh, my eyes. My eyes are playing tricks on my me. Eyes are seeing you. <laughs> Go ahead, and finish that up. Chitown, uh, when uh, when you think about your career so far, playing music, and and the amount of work you've put in so far, uh, well, what has been uh, your favorite moment so far in your career? Uh, it's got to be fucking being on tour. I need to be on Which tour. Which tour? Which tour? Just tour in general? Just tour in general. Wow. Being okay. on the road with a schedule. That's the fucking happiest I've ever been. Because it's, is it the itinerary that gives you structure? Is that what it is? Or is it... Um, Could be. The fact that uh, we're playing music every night in a different town to different people. And the way people respond. That's that's the yeah. way it, That's the way I want to live. It's a beautiful life. It really is. I mean, it has a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of sacrifice to get to that point, but if if you can get in that pocket and kind of stay there, that's fantastic. You guys just booked a, another tour with Spree Killers, right? Spree Killers, we're doing six weeks next July. We're wow. doing all of Canada. You guys have uh, spring plans, maybe coast to strugglers? coast and back again. Strugglers doing a regional, maybe? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Throw it out there. It's okay. What about uh? You know what I never hear you talk about is uh, how awesome the Strugglers DVD release is. You guys have four of the sickest fucking videos I've ever seen. And what? Because they're on Vimeo. That's why I think it is. You guys should port those to YouTube, man. Should we port those to YouTube? I think so. But there's boobies. Oh, and Vimeo's pro graphic, graphic stuff. Uh, couldn't they just cut to your face or something like that? <laughs> Repeatedly? No, no, there's no, no way. No. Artistically? No. <laughs> why, why is YouTube so censor-driven? I don't know. Yeah, why? you think Google would be pretty open to ideas. Why is YouTube censor-driven? You think you'd be able to put anything on YouTube? Well, you don't want to, you don't want to make people uncomfortable. It's the weirdest thing hearing you say that. <laughs> You're like, well, you don't want to. I mean, that's literally the only reason that that <clears throat> censorship is out there. Uh, well, we don't want we don't want to piss anyone off. We don't want to make anyone un- uncomfortable. We'll get complaints. 
I've been getting pretty pissed off lately thinking about boxes and the way people are trying to like put people into things and whatever like that. I mean, recently, uh, things have been going well with the podcast, but I've, uh, I've been, you know, plotting this release structure for January and February. I'm going to be doing a song a week. Uh, I've been working this whole year since I signed with AMP. I've been trying to stack songs so I can just have continuous releases in January. I've never done anything like this before. I've always had a full project to release, like a full EP, a full LP, um, or, or a compilation I'm a part of or something like that. I, I've never done a weekly release, and I figured now might be the time. I think, I'm, uh, you know, I know the reaction, and I know the way people respond to the other way. I know that if I release an EP, I can, exp- I can okay, this is how people are going to respond, and this is for how long it's going to be um, uh, valid. Bump, valid and bumping. But I think if I'm doing this every week, for the foreseeable future we'll see what happens man i'm gonna try and generate some uh generate some buzz that way and um i've had people be hitting me up for it seems like forever like when's your new solo stuff coming out but i keep busy in other ways i you know i'm, I'm producing other artists and uh when they release stuff I, I feel like i'm releasing stuff as well because you know i'm i'm very much involved in that process and it just it uh it's kind of different for me I don't know. Did, have you guys ever thought about doing something like that? Maybe releasing a, a we song We in the a week? Spree Killers have a plan. What's your plan? We've Can got, you tell us? We've got two songs that are being pressed to vinyl right now. That's right. We talked about that last We're time. We're hoping the for the a January or February or March release. And we want to get on a schedule where we record two songs every four months and, and print them to a seven-inch vinyl. That's Put, putting sweet, out yeah. four four pieces of vinyl a year. Mm-hmm. Wow, eight eight songs, eight songs, four pieces of vinyl, and all with uh, corresponding artwork. That's like fantastic. That would be great if yeah. you could build a whole catalog of seven inches that would become a large album collection. Mm-hmm. I think that would be something to leave behind. Hell yeah! That, no, that's a collection of art and music as art. Uh, that's pretty cool. I've never done the vinyl thing. That's so I'm kind of jelly, a little bit of you for that. That you you have, you're going to have vinyl in like a couple months. That's pretty cool. Yeah, seven we're, inch. We're really really excited about seven inch. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's cool. Where are you getting it pressed? Uh, I believe they're being pressed in the states through uh, through a company in Surrey or something. In oh, Chad's okay. Chad's got control of that. Chadwick, I like Chad. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I this week with the show, just kind of taking it easy. I just hit like a couple deadlines for scoring last week. I did a bunch of uh, corporate commercials, and then uh, I've been mixing Kyle Bottoms' comedy special, which uh, sounds awesome. If you guys are like even medium into comedy, you guys are gonna fucking love his special. It's so goddamn good. It's really, really strong. It's a uh, Top to bottom, one of, one of my favorite albums I've listened to, period. Mixing it has been no joke. It's probably been one of the funnest, if not the funnest experience I've ever had engineering anything. Just because it's like you're listening to jokes. Like you're trying to make jokes sonically sound good. Like mm-hmm. they already are strongly written and strongly delivered. I just, all I have to do is engineer it, right? But uh, it's fantastic that way. Hold on here. Getting chocolate thrown at me. Russell Stover. Red, Red Velvet. Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good. A little crinkle on the podcast. Do I crinkle. even like Red Velvet? I don't even know. Sure this, you do. This might ruin my life. Sure you do, bud. So, 
Um, yeah, man. I don't know what's what's well, going on with you lately, other than um, uh, other than getting hurt defending damsels. I got a new uh, heater for the motorhome. Oh, motorhome life. Okay, wait. I wanted to talk about this. That's that's a good call here. Okay, so I saw you post something uh, recently that was like two flat tires and a parking ticket. Two. <laughs> well, not that. I was saying the way that the 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 world is trending towards mobile living. Oh, I just shared that today. Today? That was today. It's been a long fucking day. Because some guy in his van was uh, interviewed on Global, and he was like, you wouldn't believe how many people are out here doing it. You got to see them. I could take you to fucking 25 of them right now. <laughs> it's like, hey, bud, settle down a bit. Okay. Quit fucking telling everyone what we're doing. <laughs> wait, is that... Okay, wait, so you didn't share this to be like, look, everyone join the revolution. You shared it to be well, like... Well, you've got jealous people out there, right, that are like... Hey, I'm spending fifteen hundred dollars a month on it on rent, and I have to pay bills. And these guys are getting along for free out there. They getting along? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I imagine they get along for free. These guys are getting along for free out there. But it, there's like you better be paying for your water that you use. There's a trade-off though. It's like you know, the amount of people that are able to uh, uh, have sex in in, uh, in an RV is like. It's pretty powerful level to be at to be able to do that because I think like let me let me paint it your picture like say say you're like 19 18 20 something like that you just got out of college you know you've, you've been working hard and uh, you're saving money uh, for tuition by having an RV okay so you're not living the dorm life so you're kind of unplugged from that social fabric a bit but at the same time you're like Hey, you're just caked up. You have so much money. You don't have to spend your student loan on dorm and, and, and all this other shit. But uh, you go out to the bar and you finally have you finally have your weekend. You finally have that, that first first real taste of the nightlife. And you're like, man, I'm loving it. And you connect, you know, someone of the opposite sex. And you're like, wow, we're really enjoying each other's company. And you're like, you want to come back to my place? And they're like, yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, I live in an RV. Now... Honestly, how many people? How many people out there? Let's say it was a guy and a girl. Okay, how many people in the girl's position would be like? Mm. Depends on the RV. Okay, that's a great question. That's a, lo- a, great, a lot that's of a girls. Point. Yeah. A lot of girls are into people who are uh, socially aware and conscious of the the footprint that, or that you're leaving. Right. That's true. If you're, are you playing the uh, eco angle? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not knocking it. How environmentally friendly it. I think it's, are yeah, it's a good angle. you? How environmentally friendly are you? No, but let's be honest, though. Okay, like, like how many? Uh, how cost effective is your living outside of the? Are, are okay. you are you literally paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a concrete block? I know. Or or can you get along in a ten thousand dollar RV? That's the absurdity of it. I understand. What I'm saying is like outside of the Pacific Northwest, how viable is that? Like, what if you're in the the harsh? What if you're in like. Uh, Flint, Michigan, or something like that. You know, it's it's just it's crazy. Well, like my retirement plan is a houseboat in northwestern Ontario. You know that it gets to like minus forty for six fucking weeks of of the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's so some of my what I would do is life. I'd build my own small house on a barge or something, insulated well, wood stove inside. Yeah, wait, build this dream house for me, okay? I'm build fucking it. building it. Yeah. Well, build it for me. Tell me, uh, show me, uh... Buy a barge, 
painted for me. You build uh, build a small shack how, how on it, the like the size of the size of the motorhome, which we're talking a maybe a forty foot barge, forty feet, forty foot barge okay. with uh, with a, a twenty by twenty by ten uh, building on it. Okay, those That's are your a home huge building, heavily along. insulated with a wood stove in it. I think you could live in that year round. Just before the ice melt or the ice freezes, you pull it up on shore, let the lake freeze over, and then you drag it out onto the ice, and you have fishing holes in your living room, <laughs> like totally away. To this do is it, actually right? pretty amazing. Okay, wait. So, so you would have like a uh, like a, a trap door floor, multiple holes, square square <laughs> holes or round holes with lids. You pull the lids out of the floor. You drill drill holes in the ice, and you're fishing in your living room. What do you got a hockey night in Canada going? I don't even watch hockey. No, 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 no hockey night in Canada. Maybe a jam room in the back. I or something. know. <laughs> Wait, a jam room in the back? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a slide involved? Maybe. Just to get from point A to point May. Uh, Fucking spiral slide off the roof. What would be the procedure? Say you're out there and the in uh, you're enjoying the summer, and then uh, let's say there's like a like a snap frost, and uh, uh, the whole lake freezes. That doesn't happen. Yeah, but if it did. <laughs> playing a game here. Hold on. Uh, yeah. uh, so what, what would you do if, if uh, you, like, if, what if you were marooned? What would you do? Marooned? Yeah. Uh, wait till the lake is frozen and walk unfrozen. in on the ice? Thought. I don't know. Oh, wait, totally frozen? Well, yeah. If it like if it freezes overnight, you're only stuck overnight. If it thaws the next day, you fucking you're fine. If <laughs> it if it freezes for the next eight months, it's gonna be too. It's gonna be thick enough to walk on in fucking two days anyway. So, you're like, like you're not gonna be marooned anywhere <laughs> overnight. You're like uh, you're like that. Uh, catch me if you can. When but the... that's that's the part of where you you put the you put your houseboat on a trailer. Yeah. Let the lake freeze and then trailer your houseboat anywhere you want on the lake. Drop it off the off the trailer, leave it there all winter as your ice hut, and then when the when the ice melts, you just fall into the water and fucking away you go. That's actually pretty cool. I like that. But what kind of speed do you think you'd be getting? Kinda, speed? Yeah, like if you had to move it. I mean, move like, it like on the water. I mean, it's a fucking barge. houseboat speed. What's, what's barge a house speed? What's the fast, what, how fast like, do you need to go? I don't know how fast. How fast can it go? Is my question. Not like. Uh, like five knots, maybe I don't know. Six knots would. Let's get all nautical on me there. <laughs> okay, well, well, let me just ask. A good clip. A good clip. <laughs> I know it goes like a house. It's moving like a house. <laughs> uh, well, I, I would, I would ask this. Okay, like if, if, if I may say, that's a, that's a pretty great, that's a pretty great plan. That's a pretty yeah. viable plan. Yeah. How come? Uh, how come uh, this isn't like? happening how that's come, my retirement plan no, I, I know it is I know you're I'm living in a motorhome no, right now I know that no no that's not what I'm saying listen to me that's not what I'm saying I'm, I'm not saying what's happening with your plan that's your plan it's in motion I know that are you saying why isn't anyone else doing that yeah I think other people are doing that they are just like there's hundreds of, hundreds of people living in motorhomes on the streets of Vancouver right now that's true I'm sure there's people living in houseboats there's people living in, on, uh, in boats on the fucking water here every day what uh hold on a second wait just one sec here uh one sec so uh wait uh no one can hear you because you're not on a mic how come how come living on a boat is acceptable oh okay how come how come living on a uh because people have this idea that you're not paying your own way you're getting along for free 
instead of paying rent get, and, and property tax and, along. and like, bills. Like it's like a behavioral issue. Like they're they're getting along for free out there. They're not getting along. They, I'm not talking about two people getting, getting along. No, I know. getting along. I don't is, think that's a phrase. It's think, totally a phrase. I don't want to be Prince's bride on you, but I don't think that means totally what a you phrase. Think it means totally a phrase. <laughs> getting along fine. Yeah, I know you're getting along fine. Well, there you go. That's different. If, you know, if you're it's getting on. That, no, because someone would getting say... Getting on means you're getting too old. That doesn't old. mean what you think it says at all. <laughs> it's, it's, getting so, on means you've been fucking around too long. I know. Uh, so so the, the question being posed here in the room is... Uh, why? Why is why is one way why of living is it acceptable to yeah. live in a boat? Why is it acceptable? You know why I think. And people look down on motorhomes. I don't think that many people are looking down on motorhomes these days. I think, I think. Uh, well, they also look at it like. I think it's a, it's, a condo costs two hundred fifty thousand dollars. If I spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a on a motorhome, I'd have the fucking best motorhome in the world. But why would you spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a motorhome when you can get a great one for twenty thousand dollars? That's a good point. That's a good point. I think people have to stop thinking that you have to spend yeah. two hundred fifty thousand dollars to be comfortable. Well, because you see things like, not to get all Robin Leach on you, but you see like you know like luxury liners, like cruise liners kind of thing, where it's like, uh, oh yeah, jump in the Tallaho or whatever the fuck they're called. The Tallyho. I don't know. Yeah. They, no, they always got crazy names. What like the they're always called like the uh, like. Uh, uh, the Marushka Maid. Yeah, they're either like Spanish or they'll be like, uh, it's the the all new 2014 Desperado Deluxe. And you're like, oh, jump up on the Desperado, if you will. And that has two bathrooms, you know? That kind of thing. I don't know. It's got 16 bathrooms. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. 16 heads. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. It is. 16 heads. It's a 16 head shower. Uh, let's. let's Let's just say that your original point, though, about it depends on which RV you're bringing people to. That's what it is. Right. Because if you're bringing them to a, what can I say here, a Stargazer 2, is that a model? Those are the model names that like I, I can hear in my head. But are like, I think that's a pontoon boat a pon- with no <laughs> with no roof. That that's a nice way of saying there's a, no ceiling. A Stargazer. This is a Stargazer. A stargazer that means it doesn't have a two. roof. First of all, it's a Mark II. How dare you degrade the overall quality? That means the first one failed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, this show's way better when I don't have to like actually put forth questions, <laughs> like real questions, like your childhood. Tell me about it. I was like, I was there for yours. I don't have to talk that much about it. Uh, you getting excited for Christmas there? Yeah, really excited for Christmas. Yeah? What, I'm just throwing straws now, talking about the holidays? I don't know, fuck this. Real happy for the holidays. Oh, yeah, it's just beauty out there. Happy holiday season. Uh, You know what, though? I think, uh, let me think here. Uh, Yeah, you know what? I think we can call it. I think we can call this one. You know what, though? We can go out on on a high note. You want to plug the Spree Killers and Strugglers and shit again? Face Fest? Go ahead, killer. Street killers and the strugglers. Why don't, you, why don't you plug it like you mean it? Because they're going to listen to this and then they go, yeah. Street killers <laughs> and the strugglers. People are like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, go oh, yeah. s- go you, see G Tone. He's going to be playing a mean tambourine. He's going to be playing a mean tambourine. He's going to be doing crazy backup vocals. What if this is the situation that causes you to realize that, hey, you know what? Bass is not your calling. Tambourine and vocals are. No, that's not going to happen. No. 
you got to put a lot of time into tambourine and vocals. As soon as I can, uh, as soon as I can squeeze the guitar neck again, I'm back in. You know what? With all due respect, I, I got to tell you, everyone here that listens to the show, everyone that knows you, hopes you recover really quick because that was some bullshit that happened. Uh, you definitely got caught up in a situation trying to be a, a good person, and uh, you are a good person, and uh, it is what it is. But how about you do me a favor right now, and uh, you tell these folks how to find you if they so desire, since you're so interesting. You like that? I'll plug you like that. Spreekillersband.com There you go. That's one. And you're in another band. Strugglers on Facebook. <laughs> there you go. Struggle. Yeah, right. When I look up strugglers on Facebook. The strugglers. It's like the strugglers. Boom. All caps. That's them. <laughs> uh, you can also check out their uh, their videos uh, on uh, Vimeo. Vimeo. Go and check it out. You'll love these uh Foreplay. Pieces. Yeah, it's the the EP is called Foreplay, and you can check it out. It's a, every song on the album has a, a video corresponding. A friggin' to it. video. So that's, full blown. That's the situation. Uh, as always, people, if you want to follow me, you can always follow me uh, on on at <laughs> at md underscore boomsday on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you want to watch uh, past episodes of G Tone or anyone else on the show that we have here, this is episode sixty. So. If you want to watch any past episodes, you can do so at uh, or on intergalacticinterviews.com. I always fuck up like the in and the on of the everything. At. When I do this every week, and I always fuck it up. It's like I wake up in the middle of night thinking about that stupid shit. Like that's what keeps me up. Dumb things. Like anyway, uh, yeah, you can uh, go ahead, email me your uh, show ideas and, and guests because uh, clearly we're fucking doing well here today. <laughs> Don't give me that look. You know what's going on. Alright, anyway, G-Tone, do us a favor here and uh, let's say goodbye to folks. Bye, folks. Bye. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.